The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Pharrell on a bench. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to write this guy uh, in the middle of the show. It's very difficult, as you know, Mafia, for me to like try to text someone or write someone or answer a question. And I have that like kind of going on right now, as you know. So that's very difficult uh, to do in the middle of the show, I have to say. Uh, you know, first of all, I just want to say, you know how I feel about this week. Uh, it's the worst week of the year. It is It is bar none uh, every year, unequivocally, the worst week of sports ever. It, the whole year, there's nothing worse. And like, like MLB Network right now is showing old all-star games. And, you know, ESPN showing um, the celebrity softball game. And that's when you know you're desperate. And I told you, I've already watched every show ever on uh, like Netflix, Hulu, and, and Prime. And, and I just, all, I've watched everything. And literally, there's nothing left for me to watch other than these Thor movies that uh, Young Guns got me watching. And um, lucky for him, he's playing in some uh, basketball tournament right now, believe it or not. So the high school has, they're involved in this summer basketball tournament where all the schools play in a tournament in the summer and get their, you know, they're uh, basically JV and I think uh, JV and varsity teams, they, they get to play in these tournaments in the summer, right? Where they play like, I don't know, there's like uh, five games you play in five days or something like that, two, four, six, maybe two, four, six, eight games. Maybe there's eight games, it's four days or something, and there's two games a day. So anyway, uh, he, he gets to go play ball, right? And he's playing in these games. Today they played a game they won. Then they had an overtime game they lost. And um, the coach of the, uh, the high school team is the coach of both games and uh, both the JV and the varsity games he's doing. And, um, and Gunner gets to play ball. And uh, what's great about it is, is that he's been playing with the men uh, at, at the gym, like where you play. And uh, he's gotten really good. Like, he's no joke. Like, he can totally humiliate grown men. I mean, uh, utterly humiliate grown men. Like, because he's 16 and he's fast. And he's uh, got, you know, dribble drive and step backs. And he can hit a three and he can drive. He can scoop, shovel. He can finish. And uh, no one can guard him. He's just got too many moves. And, uh, you know, when you're 16, you got it all. And he's, he's a, he's a player and he can shake and bake and he can, he can get rid of you. I can't even try to guard him. I mean, I can't even, 
he's too quick for me laterally. I'm a, I, I take on bigs. I don't, I can't take on point guards. I mean, I'm no different than trying to stick Lopez on, uh, you know, Chris Paul. Uh, that's what it's like. Uh, I'm, you know, six, four or whatever, 220, and I'm trying to guard some 16-year-old kid with speed. It's just humiliating. I can't guard them. But when they come in on me into the lane and try to score, that's where I, I hurt their feelings. Uh, no kids coming in on me or anybody else for that matter and not getting a piece. I'm going to foul them. I'm going to do something to you. Uh, you know what I do, Moff. But uh, the bottom line is the kid's gotten really good at balling in uh, playing grown men. And so he's – you know, playing against, you know, guys that I play with is making him so much better than any high school kid he plays with. It's not even funny. Welcome in our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Mightier 1090, Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio. Hoorah, soldier. Hoorah, it's Pharrell on a bench. I'm Pharrell. Moppy is with me tonight. 844-843-6879 is the number. So, anyway, he's been balling. And he gets to go play in these tournament games every day, whereas I'm, like, stuck, uh, you know, whatever, in between gigs. Like, when I'm doing the show coast to coast, I'm busy. When I'm doing this show, I'm busy. But there's just nothing going on in sports. Like, what are you going to talk about? I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Wimbledon, okay? I don't, I don't do Wimbledon. I don't, I'm not a fan and I don't like Djokovic. Uh, I respect him. I think he's great. I think he's incredible. I think no one can beat him. The only person that can beat him is Nadal and he can barely beat him. Uh, He's beaten him, but he can only beat him on clay and now he can't do that either. So I just don't care about it. It does absolutely nothing for me. I'm not into that. I thought, you know, the Euros was fantastic for a month. I loved it. I thought, and especially the knockout stages. From the knockout stage to the ending, it's just so kick-ass, it's not even funny. And I was all over Italy, as you know. I bet on Italy. I bet on Argentina to win the Copa in Brazil. I was on fire Saturday, Sunday, picking those winners and the Bucks to win and laying the points in game three. So that was all gravy. And I liked the... Uh, I had Poirier to beat McGregor. I hate McGregor. I don't care if you love him. I don't care what you think. I hit, you lose. That's it. I've hit everything. Mafia hit so many bets in the UFC. He should be outlawed. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. So tomorrow night is the uh, all-star game in Denver. And, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal to draw a a full house tonight there at Coors for the home run derby. I mean, honestly, what, what do people have better to do than go to that in Denver on a Monday night? You know what I mean? Like I've always said, it's not that hard to fill the garden in New York for a Nick game, even when they suck. 
when there's 9 million people here in the city, it's not that hard to fill 20,000 seats uh, for a professional sporting event. It really isn't. I mean, on a bad night, you know, at City Field and Yankee Stadium, they still draw, what, Mafia 25, 30 grand, no matter what. And uh, when they're good, when, when they're first place teams, they draw way more than that. Well, you went on Sunday. How many people were there? It was probably two thirds full, two thirds, three quarters. You know, it was probably 30, eh, 25 to 30,000 there. Automatic. It's automatic. And then the Nets and Knicks, forget it. Rangers, forget it. I mean, the Rangers sell out even when they're in last place. It's not that hard to sell out Coors Field for a home run derby contest. Tomorrow night will be sold out. That'll be that. And obviously they foiled the, you know, gun drug deal at the hotel in Denver where they found all the ammunition and and assault weapons. That sounded to me like a uh, drug deal and weapons deal gone bad. But what do I know? I don't really uh, get involved in that kind of stuff to begin with. So uh, when I saw that it happened in Chicago and in Denver, you think the worst, which it is. It's bad news bears, but there's no getting around the gun violence in this country. Uh, It is absolutely out of control. Everything now is settled with guns. There's nothing. I mean, road rage is at an all-time high again. And I say again because it used to be a popular sport, and now it's popular again. You know, back in the 90s, road rage was a big thing. And now it's back again, rearing its ugly head. And and now, um, you know, I think it's even worse now because now they just shoot you dead. They don't even care if you're a little kid. They shoot right in the car. They don't care if there's babies in the car, children, women. They don't care who's driving. They'll kill you. They'll kill an old lady. Uh, What day goes by that you don't see somebody uh, getting crazy in a car Screaming and yelling at somebody else in a car. It's its insanity. Um, like, I used to get angry playing basketball. Mafia's played with me for years. I used to get in fights and get in, in arguments and get all crazy. I swear to God, um, it's the weirdest thing. I, I don't get mad anymore playing basketball, ever. Never. And uh, everybody thinks it's because my son started playing with me. Somebody said to me, like he said it to me in a car. We were leaving and we were going to get bagels, uh, egg sandwiches or whatever after we play on weekends. That's what we do. And we go get bagels and drinks and just, you know, because we've been playing ball for three hours. We're dead, tired and hungry. So we go eat. And um, he said, you know, some of the guys were talking to me about you. And I was like, is that right? And he said, yeah, they said that you used to be crazy. And uh, I said, Well, that's probably true. I mean, I don't take any crap from anybody. I know that much. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, they said that you used to get in fights. And I said, yeah, I got in fights. And he said, "Uh, well, they said you don't get in any fights anymore. And it's so crazy for them to see me not get in fights and arguments and screaming and yelling with people. And, uh, I haven't gotten in an argument, knock on wood, I haven't gotten in an argument or fought with anybody playing basketball in like, well, I mean, in a long time. 
And uh, it's the weirdest thing because I used to be super intense and scream and yell and fight with people. And I'd get in fights in the hood and I'd have dudes swinging at me and I'd be swinging at them and getting in all kinds of shouting matches and arguments. And, uh, you know, I don't take crap from anybody. And I, I you want it, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll ruin your day. I, I can get under anyone's skin in, a, in like 30 seconds. Not even. I'm the like I'm the best at it without it. Starting to annoy I'm, me. Mafia backed me up on that. Like I'm painful. You want to argue with me? I'll hurt your feelings. I can get really going, and once I get going, oh, I mean, Steve, damn you! <laughs> that was some footage of uh, a recent game a couple years ago. So anyway. Um, I forget uh, how this story started, which is very scary. But with anyway. the law that you don't get in fights playing basketball anymore. Well, I know, but I'm saying like with uh, the guns and everything with with road rage and with the incident in, in Denver where everybody thought they were going to shoot up all the people that went to the game. I just felt like uh, I didn't I don't worry about that kind of stuff anymore. I don't get in fights. I don't get in arguments. I don't get in. I don't want to kill anybody. I, I'm not a, a violent person where I'm looking for. You know, I don't, you know, you don't agree with my politics, so I'm going to kill you and kill your family. And I'm going to, because I'm not going to storm the Capitol and I'm not going to set fire to people, you know, like everybody else. Uh, Honestly, it's embarrassing the way people act in this country. It's embarrassing. It's flat out embarrassing. It really is. And I don't care what you think of me. Kiss my ass. I don't, I just don't get involved in that kind of stuff. If you do, you're a loser. It's that simple. And if you don't like that opinion, you know what you can do. So anyone that does that stuff, like people showing up with guns and they're going to ammunition like this clown in Vegas that killed everybody at the concert in the Mandalay Bay. I mean, I hope that dude dies. Simple as that. Uh, You go, the guy in Chicago, they caught at Navy Pier with all the guns. I hope he dies. The guy in, in Denver with all the guns, I hope he goes to jail for the rest of his life. All of them. I don't care. You're an idiot. Who in their right mind shows up in a hotel in, in Denver or in Chicago with 50 assault r- rifles and 50 million rounds of ammunition? You got to be an idiot. You just have to be a loser. There's something wrong with you. You're a demented you mother for And replace the captain of your brain ship because he's drunk at the wheel. So, you know, it's like when I hear all this stuff and people are going to kill everybody, I'm like, I don't even want to hear that. I, I'm not afraid to go to the baseball game at Coors Field Monday for the home run derby or tomorrow to the all-star game. And I'm sure everybody's glad they busted it and caught them. And that's great and fine and dandy. But still, you would think, you know, mom would be like, you're not going to that baseball stadium with people downtown with guns and ammunition. but. They sold it out tonight, no problem. Bunch of kids there running around, everybody having a good time. It is what it is. You can't go anywhere now in this country without a problem. Chicago, New York, are you kidding me? You know, we used to, we literally used to talk about Chicago here in New York. We'd be like, can you believe all these people getting killed in Chicago and shot in Chicago every week? It's so bad, they started television shows about it. I mean, it's a lot deeper that shy shows, a lot deeper than just shootings. It's a lot deeper. It's about everything in the community and and race and everything else. I get it. 
but Chicago's like leading the league in murders again uh, in this nation. And New York's not far behind. I mean, New York has gotten so out of control with, with murders and with guns and people getting shot. You have no idea. It's so out of control. It's the craziest thing ever. There is absolutely lawlessness in New York where I live. It's crazy. It's crazy here. You walk down the street, you have odds to get shot dead right in the head. Have your head blown off. It's crazy. I, I don't want to live in a world like this. I really don't. I mean, I want to go to sporting events and not worry about getting my head blown off. I mean, is that crazy? That's exactly what's happening in this country. And it, on when you're driving, road rage, it's insanity. My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada, so if he hears you crystal clear, I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. You know, it's true, Mafia. Like, uh, you know, I'm sitting there watching the All-Star Home Run Derby tonight. I'm thinking to myself, wow, can you imagine if some guy tried to kill everybody at the game tonight? I mean, can you imagine that we had to think that way or, or even discuss that, which we had to do? It's not a conversation people like having. Nobody wants to hear it. I get it. I'm down with that. But uh, it's it's reality. Like, baseball thought they were trying to kill everybody. And the FBI said they weren't. And uh, they said it was a, uh, a, a, you know, gun and drug deal gone bad or something, uh, whatever they claim happened. But all I know is we had to have that conversation, which is really a shame. I mean, it's an absolute shame that, you know, we've always had the conversation about, OK, it's the Super Bowl. Security's going to be on high alert. Uh, whenever there's been, you know, we've had certainly after 9-11 here in New York City, We've had um, security has been an issue here ever since. And uh, and then in the sports world ever since on high alert, always warning, careful, you're going to get searched and everything. When you go to games, you go through metal detectors and all the rest. And, you know, it's getting more advanced all the time, facial recognition, everything else. But all I know is that it's crazy that that's what the world's come to, that we, you know, even the Olympics, they're not having fans at the Olympics because of COVID. But when you go to the Olympics, I was at the Olympics in, in Atlanta in 96 when Rudolph set off the bomb at the World Trade or at the uh, Olympic Village or whatever, the Global Village or whatever it was called. Um, I think it was the AT&T Global Village. I was in the I was in the village. I was doing the show for Westwood One for Ellen Bench when the bomb went off and um I was nationwide live from there that night when the bomb went off and we all ran for our lives and uh, I heard it go off and uh, it was just crazy. Right. So ever since I, I've been through this before with the high security, high alert type stuff. And it's amazing to me that uh, it really is truly amazing to me that you have to, you know, 
have that be a part of the conversation when you're talking about going to sporting events. Like, you know, I, I'll be honest. I haven't heard, you know, oh, I'm going to the Stanley Cup finals. I wonder if I'm going to get shot to death tonight. You know, I'm going to the All-Star game. There's a guy over in the hotel down across the street with a 100 assault weapons and 50,000 rounds of ammunition. Like, what is going on? Uh, or how about you go to the uh, Euros and England gets their way and gets in the final at Wembley. They get their way with all the bad calls that went their way. They get they get to the final against Italy. They're they're winning it one nothing. They lose the game in penalty kicks, and then after the game, instead of uh, even even before the game, they were uh, stomping cops and they were forcing their way into the stadium. They literally, the fans, by the thousands, tens of thousands, they bull rushed the gates and they stepped on all the cops' heads and they jumped over the fences and railings and they basically attacked the stadium, at, like the Capitol, and they forced their way into the stadium. Uh, they, they're so stupid and crazy and drunk and out of control and just absolutely dumb like how dumb do you have to be uh, to do that? Like what? You know what? What, I'm, what are you going to do today? I'm going to go Green Street hooligans and jump the fence at Wembley and sneak my way into the Euro final. I'm going to I'm going to go beat the crap out of cops and I'm going to jump the fence and jump the wall and all this other stuff. It's crazy. And then you know you go to sporting events now and you got to worry about bombs going off and people shooting you with assault weapons. Don't even tell me it doesn't happen. Mandalay Bay, Vegas, you're at a concert and they start killing everybody at the concert. Some guy in a Mandalay Bay starts shooting people dead. I don't even want to hear it. You don't even have to. I don't even have to defend what I'm saying because it happens every week in this country. It happens every day. It happens everywhere. So it's amazing to me that sports has become that like that. You can't even go to a sporting event anymore without worrying about like. So my son went to the Mets pirate doubleheader the other day. I'm like, I said to my wife, I was like, is he going to be safe? Like, what's going on here? What, what, he's, he's going to City Field. Mafia went to the game Sunday. I'm sure you went with your wife and you thought, we'll just have a nice day at the, at the ballpark. Go see the Mets game. Do you ever think about how lunatic people are nowadays? When they, everywhere you go, you could have a problem. Subway, train, parking lot, in the stadium. You don't know if the guy sitting next to you has a gun. I mean, it's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Uh, so thank God tonight they didn't have any incidents. But I will say this one last thing about the Euros. When the game was over, before the game, they bull rushed the stadium. And then when the game was over, the oh, then all the racists came out. All the, you know, racism against the uh, – players on England that missed penalty kicks that were black. They, uh, they went on their racist threats and rants and death threats. And, uh, they went on their hatred and vile, despicable, uh, just scum hatred, uh, racist rants and, and social media threats and everything else. I mean, that is so amazing to me that, um, the same people that cheer you on, and love you all the way to the final. They cheer you and love you. And you're the greatest. It's the greatest moment of their lives. And then you lose. And then they blame you. And they call you racial, uh, 
names and taunts and threats and they want you dead. So they love you and then you don't win for them and they want you dead. That's disgusting. That is despicable. I have never in my life, uh, you know, done anything like that ever. And some stupid, like, game I went to turned me into a person that wanted, you know, you know, the players that you adore and cheer for, then you suddenly want them dead. Like, well, what's wrong with you? You got to be sick in the head. I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, the Premier League is the most racist league in the world. It is, bar none. Mafia, you can't even name a more racist league anywhere in sports. I mean, they absolutely have a racist problem. Racism at the highest level in Premier League soccer. It's just every day. And the players get abused by these uh, fans. And I have to tell you, um, I think the English fans are the worst fans in the world. I mean, listen, you know, they always say, well, you can't lump a few of them in with all of them. Why not? I mean, that's where it's coming from. It's it's all from it's all from your English fans. All of England uh, is not that way. I get that. And I, I certainly don't think everyone that's an, a fan of England, a fan of their teams is that way at all. But when a lot of them are a majority of them are English that are doing the racist taunts and threats. It makes you all look bad. That's just all there is to it. So those bad crumbs make the cake taste terrible. All I know is I think the racist, the biggest racist fans in the world are English. That's it. And everybody knows it. Everybody over there in Europe knows it. I watched a guy today on Sky Sports talk about it. He's like, we all knew this was coming. It's every game. It's every day. It's every team. They all have a racism problem. Because they're racists. That's it. They're they're not yelling that stuff and throwing bananas on the field and threatening players' lives and they're going to kill their families because uh, they're just joking around and having fun. They're doing it because they're racists. That's it. There's no getting around it, Mafia. You can't even argue it. No, you can't. I mean, when you actually have in your you know, your league or in your sport, because it's not just, you know, in England, it has been all over that UEFA and these other, you know, big organizations, you know, we know they're corrupt or whatever, but still in there, you know, rules, you basically have things built in on how to punish teams when you have racist chants and racist taunts and things like that, that you've actually had this not happen once or twice. Like you've had this happen, you know, what, 20 times in the last six months. Like, it, it happens all the time all around the world in soccer because you get the best of all the, you know, this is a more worldwide sport. So you're getting people from South America and, you know, from Africa and from Asia and, you know, playing over in Europe. And Everywhere. These people just don't treat, you know, there's crazy people in every sport. There's crazy fans in every sport. We've seen death threats in the NFL, you know, baseball, basketball, but... It's just ridiculous throughout, but when you have all these different people from the world come to play this the world's game, it just gets really bad when these, you know, white people get pissed off and just start throwing hate filled, you know, expletives out there and threaten people's lives. It's ridiculous. It's awful. And uh I think it ruins the uh the whole tournament. Uh, you know, 
I just can't swallow the fact that I just cannot absorb that that they lost and that that was what they got out of it after that great run they went on. And I I will never agree with the call in the semifinal against Denmark, but it is what it is. They made the final and then they lose in PKs. They took it to the brink and lost. And then instead of celebrating their great run, they had death threats against the team. It's despicable. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Mafia, I guess for the last uh, time here, um, I want to talk about uh, the fallout from the Poirier-McGregor fight. And uh, I'll be honest with you, um, you know me, I I don't really care about any of those other fights. Um, uh, You know, your picks were incredible. Obviously, we were on the same page on Poirier. Uh, You... Uh, you know, made people a ton of money as usual with your uh, UFC acumen and precision on picking fights. You're great at it. That's fine. That's uh, I respect that. You already know that. But I, I you know, I've always used you as the uh, pick source for UFC. But I don't care about any of those other fights at all. I mean, zero. I, I'm not even one of them. I mean, not even one of them. So there's only one thing to talk about in that whole night. And I don't, you know, just from my end, I don't, I don't care about any of those other fighters at all. Zero. So the only thing I want to talk about is Poirier and McGregor. And, uh, I think Poirier is, I really do think he's five times better than Conor McGregor as a fighter. I think, uh, McGregor is the greatest bull shack artist ever in the UFC's history, bar none. There has never been anyone like him. I'll give him that. He has stolen the show. It is his world, and everybody else is just living in it. But I, I honestly feel as though it is worn real thin. And I think he is, uh, I think he's an idiot. And I think he's an asshat. I think he acts like an asshat. I think he is a, a despicable human being. I do not. I think he's this. I think he's the scum of the earth. I think he's. I think he should go back to Dublin with his scum ass and uh, just. I don't. I. I. I can't even believe they let him in this country. I'm sick and tired of this guy threatening to kill people. Uh, his behavior of everything: rape accusations, beating up civilians in bars, uh, treats people with zero respect anywhere he goes. Thinks he's above the law, um, throws, you know, gurneys at buses and injures people and cuts people and gets away with that, too. Nothing ever happens to him. Uh, And then, you know, in in the octagon, acts like an idiot Uh, before the fights, acts like an idiot, Uh, talks down to everyone, talks bad about women, uh, talks bad about other uh, the fighters' wives, 
that he's going to sleep with them and everything else. I mean, he's the scum of the earth. As far as I'm concerned, I am not fooled by his act at all. Uh, it is so stale and so worn out like a tire. Uh, he's got no tread left on that tire. Uh, and, and, you know, the greatest thing for me as a fan of, you know, winners and of guys that do it the right way, that work their ass off and, and work hard and train and fight and win, like Diamond Poirier, uh, there's not a bad bone in his body except badass. Uh, it is so gratifying to see, and I agree with Nurmagomedov, uh, good defeats evil. I think he was the one that said it. Um, I think he was the one that said it. Uh, all I know is uh, there couldn't be a better ending for Conor McGregor than not only, and I don't care what anybody thinks, you don't like my opinion, and you, and you want to go get on your knees for this guy, then have at it there, porno lips. All I know is go and go and have it. Go, you go and get it. You go hang out with that loser. Because all I know is, is he's a loser. All he does is lose. And there is nothing better than watching that guy get his ass beat every single effing time he goes in the octagon. He never wins. And when he does win, he fought some, you know, ragdoll guy that had been punched in the head so many times over the last 20 years that he's, I, I think I could beat him up in a fight. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone, stop calling him Cowboy. He's, you know what he is? He's a dead old horse out eating, you know, hay behind the barn. He's so finished. I can't even believe they licensed that guy to fight. He's so washed up when McGregor beat him. So he's literally beaten no one, no one in five years. He's beaten no one. So you tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but that guy, I can't get him out of this country fast enough. Go back to Dublin, you scum, and live there forever, and don't ever come back. And the only fight he could possibly have is Diaz, because I don't. Who else is he gonna fight? I don't want to hear about Tony Ferguson. He's washed up too. Done. Window closed. This is a fast-moving sport where the window closes real quick on guys that think they're badasses until they're not. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you that he's just been, I mean, he's always been classless in the way he's handled himself, but that was the draw for a lot of people is they love that, you know, they love the bad guy. You know, people want to watch it. With fight sports, there's always a good guy and a bad guy. It's the way they pump things up, right? We've always had the heel and the hero in, you know, wrestling too. And he's always, he's taken that, you know, WWE mentality or the Floyd Mayweather or even, you know, Muhammad Ali, but Muhammad Ali wasn't never really a, a bad guy. He was, you know, some people, but Plenty of people didn't like him, but that was just stupid. But, you know, this guy's acting like a fool the whole time. And for a lot of it, it was also baiting guys into the fight he wanted. They'd give him guys that would stand up and trade with him so he could knock him out. And then he'd also bait them into being, you know, over-aggressive and, and, you know, pissed off at him and wanting to take his head off and walking right into big shots that would help him win. That's what happened to Poirier the first time they fought, you know, seven, eight years ago. But then now that he's grown, he's matured, he, he knows what he's doing. As a fighter, he's a lot smarter than that, and you see what happens because he is a much better fighter and a much better human being. I mean, this is a guy who does tons of charity work, and Connor has too. You know, let's not—I can't just say the guy's all bad, but what you see most times is what you saw on Saturday, the, and what you saw before that fight—the brashness, the—not even just trash talking. I mean, you're talking about you're going to put a guy, you're going to punch him through his face, you're going to put him in a coffin, and you're going to, you know, do things to his wife. It's just terrible the way this guy's handling so he was himself. He's going to kill him. Away with it. 
Right, he said he's going to leave in a coffin, and then he's the one that ends up leaving on the stretcher. So poetic justice says that. Whereas Poirier was saying, you know, karma's not a bee, it's a mirror, and it just showed right on you what you're getting. So he's just always been this way, but when he was backing it up with his fists and actually winning, people forgot about it, people let it go. Now that he's doing this and he's not the best guy in the, you know, in the division or not the best guy in the sport or not the best in the world, it just doesn't, you know, add up. You know, maybe well, they got away with it because he was the best. Then Adrian Broner tried to follow the same pattern, and he wasn't nearly as good. He was getting his ass kicked and getting in trouble, you know, outside the, the ring. And people were like, forget it. You're not worth it. If you win, they'll forgive it. If you act like this and you keep getting your ass kicked, it doesn't work. You're right. And I'm telling you, how about this clown after the fight? He's laying on his back in the octagon against the cage, and he's still talking, Shaq. He's still talking about uh, Poirier's wife. He's still, from the hospital bed, he says it was a phony win, and it wasn't legitimate. You didn't win anything. You didn't do anything. Meanwhile, the guy was dominating him in the first round and pounding him into submission with elbows and beating the crap out of him. I mean, when that guy... He was gassed in one round. He was breathing with his mouth open like he has for the last five years. What's happened to him is, it's painfully obvious to me, is he has made all that money and he doesn't care about anything anymore except being rich. And all he knows is money now and he is so wrapped up in his money. I have a, you know... I really do have a hard time believing that, and and I'm going to say it, I I do not believe that he will stay rich. I I just don't believe it for one minute. I I just don't believe it. I think that Floyd Mayweather has been brilliant with his money uh, and then at the same time wildly irresponsible with it, right? He bets more than any athlete I've ever known. Uh, Floyd bets more money on sports than anyone I've ever seen in terms of uh, a rich uh, pro athlete. He bet grand on that fight. He does that every day. I mean, he does it every day. You've been in Vegas with me and seen him betting. That guy bets. You know, he's betting two two hundred grand a week on sports. Uh, and all I know is he still has more money than God. He really does. I mean, Mayweather makes as much money now, believe it or not, in retirement as he did fighting. The exhibition fight made him $100 million. Eight rounds. I mean, this guy makes more money than anyone on the face of the earth in sports. I know they talk about McGregor's the highest paid athlete in sports and all the rest. I'm telling you, I do not believe everyone's smart. When they got half a billion dollars, everybody seems smart when they got the Rollies and the and the Bentleys and the, you know, uh, Bugattis and the yachts and the helicopters and all the rest. That's what he's got. And so everybody thinks he's really smart with his deals. He sold the proper 12 whiskey and everybody's like, wow, this guy's so smart. He just keeps making so much money. I, I will bet my life. I, I I truly believe this. In ten years, he'll be broke. I don't. I, that guy. First of all, he's not going to keep fighting because he can't win a fight. His fighting career is clearly coming to an end, and without a doubt, he's finished fighting. The, I, I truly believe he's got like one fight left in him, two max. I think Diaz is one of them. He's he talks big, but he never wins anything. He never does. He never does an effing thing ever. 
fighting. If he boxes, he's going to lose there too. Cause he's, you know, he thinks he's this great fighter and he thinks he's just invincible. And he thinks that he wins every fight. He's still, he thinks he won that fight Saturday night. He's so insane. He's so effing insane. He thinks he won the fight. You heard him in the hospital. He, he didn't win anything. I won. You know, he's crazy. And I'm just telling you, he's so insane and so nuts. And I guarantee he's got handlers hanging off of his onions. Everybody's hanging off of his onions. He's paying 50 to 100 people a day, tons of money to, to run his errands. I'm telling you, do you honestly believe that dude will stay rich? I think he'll be broke in 10 years. I mean, flat broke. And, and basically, uh, he'll be a prostitute on the streets of Dublin in 10 years. And I mean it. I'm not even kidding. Right, you see all the flesh, you see the suits, the cars, like you said, the the yachts, everything, and that only works if you keep that coming in. You, you know, these guys like you know Balmer and these big owners, their money keeps coming in, even you know when they're sitting there at the side of the game, they're making money still. Dana White, that money's still coming in. It's not going to come in forever when you're a fighter or you're an athlete, and so many of these guys go broke. You know, even bigger than just regular athletes, fighters constantly go broke. Now, plenty of them were ripped off by promoters and, you know, managers and things like that. But eventually, you can't live that same lifestyle. And these guys get addicted to it. And they can't stop spending all that money because that's what they're used to doing. And that's great. And that's fine for them when you have this money rolling in like they do. But once that faucet is turned off and you keep having it, you know, drain out of you, eventually this thing's empty. You got nothing left in the pocketbook. So... It would not surprise me if eventually, you know, he has the same situation going because what other revenue streams is he going to have once all the cachet is gone with the UFC? He's not going to have any. <laughs> He's not going to have any. And, and trust me, he makes all of his money fighting and pay-per-views and endorsements and sponsorships. That all ends when you don't matter. When you don't matter, none of that comes your way. Trust me. Ask any pro athlete that had it all that has nothing now, how fast that that wash rag dries up. I mean, it's going to dry up like the desert. Such a badass. He just absolutely is a monster in the block. I just want to feel my burger finger up. You're so money and you don't even know it. All right, Pharrell on the bench. So uh, the American League has owned this thing forever, the All-Star Game. And we'll see tomorrow night. Uh, uh, Shohei Otani on the mound against Max Scherzer. That doesn't even matter who's pitching because they use so many pitchers. And so many of the big superstar players have blown it off, which I think is embarrassing. Uh, And all these backup guys are playing in this game. Maybe that'll affect it for the National League uh, for once. But they've lost seven in a row to them. And literally like 19 of 22 crazy um let, let me just say one last thing before i get out of here tonight uh, i think uh nikita kucherov has you know it's up to you mafia has he passed o- ovechkin in terms of his you know partying after winning the cup or is ovi still on top with his drunken escapades i think ovi's still on top because i don't think we've seen kucherov swim in a fountain i granted he didn't win in vegas but i think ovi still is the craziest so far but, I mean, this has only been, like, a week. So, Ovi did it for, like, a month. 
We have to keep uh, tabs on uh, Kucherov over the next three weeks because for a week he has partied. Like that guy, I saw him doing it today. He was so drunk. I mean, he was so drunk. It was awesome. And he was pouring beers on the reporter and just slurring every word. It was unbelievable. When he walked out of the party, he did the uh, you know McMahon strut. He had it all going. You think Conor McGregor walks funny when he's leaving, uh, going into the ring. This guy's a freak. I got to keep tabs on him over the next three weeks to see if he passes Ovechkin as the greatest partier ever after winning a cup. Remember our boy Stewie Sink did that after winning the Claret Jug. Thank God the Open Championship is this week at Royal St. George's. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 p.m. East on Sports Grid. Good night.